This week, it's back to the islands that Darwin's best known for, but for a piece of work that very few people know that he actually did, and which some have even dared to suggest that he got wrong. Sandra Herbert's a historian from the University of Maryland, and by studying Darwin's original manuscripts, together with the rocks that he brought back and then lodged in the Sidgwick Museum in Cambridge, she's been able to direct modern-day petrologists to the right spot on the Galapagos, so they could find out whether Darwin really had got his rocks wrong. I've recently published a book on Darwin as a geologist, so that's the area I've worked in most. One of the activities involved in it is reconstructing some of his actual field work. And the particular episode we're talking about today is his work in the Galapagos in October 1835. He was interested in volcanic eruptions. And one of the things he did, but is least famous for, is his work in igneous petrology. And he had a notion of magmatic differentiation, that is, how different sorts of lava could come out of the same vent. Uh, Trachytes, silica-rich lavas, and basalt, silica-poor lavas, how they could come out of the same vent. And it was a notion of segregation based on density and crystal settling, an idea that's become very important although it was not an insight that he particularly followed up on. So it it shows Darwin's versatility as a scientist, and we have been trying to recreate his work because some geologists did resurveyed the Galapagos in the 1960s, said they couldn't find the rocks he described there. So that suggests some lack of ability on his part as a field geologist. So that was a challenge. So we went out to look for these rocks, and we found them. So that's what we're reporting on today. And how did you return to this puzzle and then prove that Darwin was on the right trail back in the early days? Well, I, of course, read all of Darwin's published work in geology. His three main books were Coral Reefs, 1842, Volcanic Islands, 1844, and Geology of South America, 1846. Coral Reefs has been most worked on, and he worked on it most himself during the voyage. Volcanic Islands has been neglected, I read it, and I wouldn't have paid so much attention to it except for uh, two American geologists who resurveyed the Galapagos in the 1960s and said that what Darwin said he found wasn't really there. Well, that's sort of a challenge. <laughs> who were they? Who said that? Yeah, uh, Howell Williams, who was at the University of California, Berkeley, and A.R. McBurney, who, uh, the University of Oregon, Eugene. So they threw down this gauntlet, said yes, Darwin it got it wrong. wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, no, they're very circumspect. They suggested that the specimen that was in the Sedgwick was possibly misplaced. It came from a different collection. And they didn't really challenge his view on volcanic islands. You know, he may have come to the right conclusion for the wrong reason. So what I tried to do as a historian was work from the manuscripts, which are here in the university library, and go over to the Sedgwick and look at the rocks, and then go to the Galapagos and look at the site. You know, I sometimes think that what historians of science do is they have the willingness to wander between among different departmental libraries. You know. so, so you physically went back to the site that Darwin surveyed based on your identification of that location from what was in the historical text and then went and refound those rocks? That's right. I should say I physically did not go on the islands because I'm a historian, not an igneous petrologist. So I did the setup. I went to the Galapagos with them. I'd also just broken my ankle, so that was out for going on the island. And uh, so two igneous petrologists, um, Dennis Geist and Sally Gibson, went on the island, and they 
found the rocks. And what was interesting to me is it took them about the same amount of time as it took Darwin. He came on this about a day and a half, two days after landing. That's exactly the time it took them to. But thanks to you, they knew what they were looking for. He didn't. Yes. I mean, he didn't know exactly what he'd find there because no one had explored it. Uh, So they had the advantage of having manuscript texts, published texts, the samples in the Sedgwick, of which they had very good photographs. They had a woman named Constance Richardson did a chemical analysis of these way back in 1933. So they knew exactly what they were looking for. And, of course, mineral identification is much more advanced. Rock labeling is different. But still, it's remarkably similar. The analytical techniques I had as a historian were mainly color. You know, <laughs> color is this rock. Darwin said he collected a greenish-gray rock. I went to the Sedgwick, opened, you know, looked at the drawer, looked greenish-gray to me. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas basalts have this very dark texture, and they're often ropey, and they're you know they you know so it, in a way, what the sophisticated chemical analysis supports is what your eye tells you as well. So they return from the island with these rock samples. You must have been absolutely delighted with that result. Yes, absolutely delighted. We found exactly what we were looking for. There's still questions. You know, you try to make the story all fit together. Now that the rocks are back here. Sally's been finding very slight variations in various areas they collected and comparing them with rocks in the Sedgwick. This isn't just a historical exercise for the igneous petrologists because, of course, the Galapagos are what's now known as a hot spot. And um, how these rocks get produced is still a very active question. Uh, and we can't get to the interior of the earth. These are still active scientific issues, which is, I, I hope they would be. You know, when we started, I was interested in, in historical reconstruction, but hoping that it would have modern scientific significance. And it does. George Bernard Shaw famously said, We learn from history that we learn nothing from history. Well, not in this case. That was retired historian Sandra Herbert revealing how Darwin and history can help modern-day geologists. That's all for this week. Thank you very much for listening, and please do try to join me next time for more insights from the Darwin Festival. There are more editions of these podcasts available from our website at thenakedscientist.com. I'm Chris Smith, and until next time, goodbye.